0: People are going to click on what is meaningful to them, not what is meaningful to you. You know, I've never been on Facebook and said, oh man, that looks so important to this business, so I will click on it, right? (laughs) You don't do that.
1: The Wingnut Social Podcast, 200,000 plus followers and counting today with Kate
0: O'Hara. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating digital influence into physical success. This is your social media tightly fastened. Now welcome the host of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell.
1: Hey there, Wingnuts, and welcome to the Wingnut Social podcast. I'm your host, the head Wingnut, Darla Powell, and I am joined by the surly orangutan. Natalie Graf, Who is very surly today. Very grumpy. It's Monday. It is. And she's having one of those soulless ginger fits. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) You admit it. You admit that you're in a fitty, crappy mood. Absolutely. Are you going to be happy for Kate? We love Kate. Oh, she's the overlord, of course. She is the overlord. We have to tell that story. For those of you who are just tuning in, and this might be your first show, just a little bit, my name is Darla Powell. And as I said, I am the head wingnut, but we also have an interior design firm here in Miami, Florida. So I do a little bit of decorating there as well, down here in Miami with my designers. And Natalie is the project manager. And we started this social media firm right now. It's niche to designers, hint, hint for the future, because we speak designer. We know designers. We know the special needs that designers have for marketing because we've lived it we live it every day we spend most of our budgeting on marketing so there there you go now you know what you're in for well no you really don't know what you're in for but you know what uh takeaways you will get from this podcast am i right natalie ann graff i think
2: you're right and i'm full of nicknames just keep listening she comes up with a new one almost every podcast
1: i like surly orangutan is that what is surly surly isn't is that an ad that's an adjective right
2: Your guess is as good as mine. (laughs) Listen, it's been like
1: 35 years since I've been in high school. Speaking of how old and ancient I am. Oh, that's right. Your birthday this weekend. It was yesterday. It was yesterday. What do you mean this past weekend? It was just yesterday. Well, these wing nuts are not going to hear this for two weeks. Did you have? No, I think they're going to hear it in a week. Did you have that many margaritas where you forgot my birthday? No, I should have, but I did not. (laughs) It was a lovely day, Surly.
2: Yes, it was.
1: It was really, it was the best day. It was a really good birthday. It was. Just stayed home, had margaritas, pizza, pool time. That's right. Hamburgers. And my mirror came. That's right. The mirror workout. Not This is not sponsored at all. I've been wanting this for six months. I'm not going to lie. I did kind of DM them and say, hey, I'd love to use your product in a design project, just kind of fishing around to see if they would bite. But they did not. <laughs> they, no. said, they said, no, you are too small of a fish. You're going to have to pay money for it just like everybody else. <laughs> so I did. Oh, my God. I love it. Natalie and I did a yoga workout yesterday morning, and we're still might be hobbling from it a smidge. But I am so unflexible. You, you're you worse than I am. And I, I am like, if you go and you try to bend a two by four, that's me. So you're like a steel girder. Trying to be flexible. You're really bad. So I think it's gonna be really beneficial. I love it. I got my little mat, I got my little blankie, I got my yoga blocks. I'm I'm in. So guys, go to the com. check it out. I swear to you, this is not solicited or advertised or anything. It's super, super cool. It's like having little workout classes and trainers in your own house. It's it's really neat. But you know, I'm I'm a dork. I'm a tech geek. Yes, a hundred percent tech geek and dork. But guess who else is? Not me. Our guest today. Oh, yes. Our <laughs> overlord. Yes. Yes. Our guest, Kate O'Hara. We met her at the Design Influencers Conference. Yes, I'm did. telling you, the gift that keeps on oh, giving. I know. We
2: said that last week. Or we met some quality peeps week. there.
1: Some serious quality peeps there. We had Abby McCollum there. We had Francisca Newman there. Um, of course, Kate O'Hara today. And just- Andrew Joseph. Future- yeah, Andrew Joseph. Exactly. And future guests that have yet to come on the show. That's right. Probably because I haven't invited them yet. (laughs) Maybe. So Kate O'Hara, you know, I fell in love with her right away. She gets up at at the DIC and she's talking about Instagram because she has like some crazy numbers on Instagram already. And I think that account is relatively new. She has like 24,000 followers on Instagram, which is respectable. But that's coming from an established base of over 215,000 on Facebook. So, of course, she was sitting there talking to that audience and everybody was glued with her tips on, you know, how to do social media and get followers and engaging and, you know, branding yourself on social media. And the best part is right. So we're hanging out. We're talking. After. Well, wait, mm-hmm.
2: let's 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 put a pin in that one. OK, because we did meet Kate in Atlanta. But then remember, you Googled her, we found out about her, we did some research on her. Well, I knew her. who
1: she was ahead of time. Right, we
2: did. But we did a little bit of research, and yeah. then we went to Luann Live. Mm-hmm. And there's Kate. And we're like, oh. So then we kind of put it all together. Oh. Yeah. That's And that's right. when we got to really know Kate was at Luann Live. Yes, you're right. So I we am didn't, always yeah. right. Because l- I want... L-
1: I am always right. You are, because okay. I'm telling you, my memory is... It's... F- 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 is f- so, because menopause is a bitch. Okay, yes. I wanted to hang out with her yes, because she was one of the cool kids. But, but we, we had to,
2: we grabbed a flight and we left. And so we had to do a little research to figure out exactly mm-hmm. who it was. You knew who she was. I had no idea.
1: Mm-hmm. As your Amish.
2: That's right. And then we met her again at Luann Live and we actually got to hang out with her.
1: Yeah, and she's so cool. And you know what? When I really fell in love with her, I mean, I knew I liked her. I know she was super cool, and she was like, "Man, you could learn a lot from her." She's, re- I'd like to hang out with her. But she told me, <laughs> because we're all, we're dorks, we're mutual dorks. I hope this well, we is were okay talking to with, say. Yes,
2: we were talking with Nicole,
1: Nicole, which which Nicole? No, like and Nicole, trust. Yes. Oh, okay, Nicole Himer. Right. And so, this is
2: when the story came out. Yeah.
1: So she said she's such a dork that she makes her stepchildren call her the overlord (laughs) and that's even in their phone like when she calls them it'll be like oh the overlord is calling and we just about died so in our little group our little circle that we had there everybody calls her the overlord now in fact this this episode is titled in-house for us the overlord (laughs) that's because that's how big of dorks we are yeah she she loves it she's like oh my god i can't believe that caught on i'm like are you kidding me that's good how could that not catch on it's stuck So on this show, we're going to talk about her role at Martha O'Hara Interiors and, you know, her position there as CEO and her social media management skills, how that came about, because she's not an interior designer. In fact, let me tell you a little bit about Kate O'Hara right now. Kate O'Hara is the CEO and Creative Director for Martha O'Hara Interiors, where she pioneered the interior design firm's expansion to national markets and international clientele. Her favorite part of her role is getting to speak with so many of our potential clients from around the world. Named one of Austin's social influencers and Minnesota's top 32 under 32 marketing professionals, Kate is a sought-after speaker on topics ranging from social media to women in business to online branding. Wingnuts help me in welcoming Kate O'Hara to the Wingnut Social Podcast a.k.a. the overlord. Hey there, Kate O'Hara. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you?
0: I'm great. Hey, Darla. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm doing swell and so happy that you're here on the podcast. I was telling the wingnuts all about you and your overlord status.
2: Yes, you're officially the overlord now. You will <laughs> yes. never live that down.
1: <laughs> well, I've That's always really known on. it, so it. I'm
0: glad that everyone else is picking up on on the reality that is mine. <laughs>
1: There you go. Right. I was also telling the Wingnuts how your position at uh, Martha O'Hara Interiors that you are the CEO, but that you're not an interior designer. I know you and I discussed that a little bit when we were kind of hanging out in the Delta Sky Lounge waiting on our (laughs) flight after um,
0: Luann live.
1: So. And also about the just the incredible social presence you guys have 215,000 followers on Facebook, you know, 24,000 followers, just about on Instagram. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about your role there at Martha O'Hare and Terriers and what you're basing, you know, your expertise on how did you become so good at social media before we get into the nitty gritty?
0: Sure. Well, I mean, I started in a completely different career. And Martha's my mom. So she I had watched her create this fantastic business, but I never ever thought I would be a part of it. It kind of snuck up on me. I was in education. I was a teacher and thinking I would go into administration and whatnot. And one summer, I basically just offered to step into the uh, part-time marketing position for an employee who was going to be out for surgery for for the summer. And I never left. I just kind of fell in love with it. I discovered a lot of things that We were doing that I hadn't really, you know, I hadn't given marketing a lot of thought before. And so there were a lot of things we were doing that I found to be very interesting. At the same time, I was looking around thinking there's so much more that we're not doing that we could be. And so bit by bit, I started adding new layers to what I thought an interior design firm could or should be doing. And the business grew and the marketing role grew. And before long, I was full time. And then we had a department of two and then three. And then my role was evolving as well. So it's happened pretty organically and unexpectedly, but I, I don't have any regrets. It's been really fun. <laughs> you shouldn't. <laughs>
2: I know coming from a teaching background, do you think that just kind of gives you a totally different perspective on things to help you succeed as well as you've done? I mean, that's just fascinating that you went from a teacher. Okay, now I'm marketing. Okay, now look what we've done and look how many followers. Well, now she's we have. doing public speaking, so she's still teaching. I know. Yeah. Well, yeah, you still are. You're back at teaching, Kate.
0: It has it has been brought to my attention recently that my comfort <laughs> on stage uh, was earned in the classroom, and that I shouldn't just assume other people would be comfortable doing those same things when I sort of casually told uh, our. The two other women on our marketing team. Oh yeah, you can just handle that one. They looked at me like I had lost my <laughs> mind. So uh, yeah, I think that being a teacher did uh, change my perspective. And uh, for all that I was teaching little kids, the truth is, people are people. You know, across the board, yeah, from from childhood to adulthood. And so a lot of bizarrely and unexpectedly, a lot of the things that I learned as an educator just seemed to apply. To every facet of life, including a business, including working with uh, employees and coworkers and clients as well.
1: I imagine sitting or uh, standing in front of a classroom full of what grade did you teach?
0: Uh, first grade. <laughs> Can oh, you imagine? I was gonna, oh no! That's not what you were expecting, <laughs> was,
1: thinking, was it? <laughs> no, I wasn't expecting first graders. I was going to—I was going to say teenagers said something because they can be so judgmental. But I mean, still, that's quite the public speaking experience. this is a rough age, right? I didn't have any public speaking experience myself. But then it dawned on me that I used to do roll calls for cops. I mean, that's a tough audience. Uh, sure, so, sure. Yeah, yeah. So that is a good preparation, just getting up and speaking in front of anybody. Period. So, did you have any um, background at all in marketing, or was it just teaching? Had you had any side interest or you're just you're thrown in it you absorbed it you loved it and off to the races
0: well I'd grown up with watching my mom build the business and so I had seen a lot of what she had done over the years so I I had observed I had been a part of you know I would help with the workshops and seminars and various things that she would do even when I was younger to develop new business and and put her name out there so it wasn't a totally foreign concept to me at the same time, no, I really didn't have any work experience that, you know, directly correlated with anything I was jumping into.
1: Okay, so let's dig in a little bit to that social media experience. So the part-timer head surgery, you're thrown into the mix, right? At what at that time, did you already have your Facebook and your Instagram accounts? What was the situation then?
0: Back then, Instagram did not even exist. So no, we did okay. not have an Instagram. We did not have a Facebook Oh, wow. We barely had a website. I mean, honestly, uh, our, this was 12, 13 years ago when, okay. sure, everyone needs a website, but it wasn't the same as it is today, and especially for small businesses. So step one for me in you know doing new things was to re- have the website redesigned and uh, to start taking on more photo shoots and develop our portfolio of work because uh, it was very apparent to me that with things being possible online, we were going to need more photos. We were going to need more visually compelling material and we needed a website that was more than what it was a lot better than what it was. And once we did that, then, uh, then we got into things like Facebook, but I do remember that Facebook was a bit of a sales pitch on my part to Uh, To my mom and some of our senior team, because they were really concerned about, you know, is what is how will this reflect on our brand once it's out there? We can never take it down. What if we make a mistake, et cetera? And I mean, it was a different time. It was a time when you didn't automatically and by default have a social media profile or a LinkedIn page or you name it. So, um, yeah. So that was that was an interesting moment to to pitch that, and my pitch was essentially that uh, I have no idea why we're doing this. (laughs) My pitch was I don't know what this is going to do for us, but I do know that once the opportunity arises, we are going to we're going to be either ahead of the game because we'll have a a base of followers, or we'll be behind because we'll have no followers to be talking to, and and that that was the pitch, and it worked, and so we started on Facebook.
1: That's like Abby McCollum, who was recently on. She's the vice president uh, for HGTV's um, social media side, digital marketing side. She said that she, um, before they started their Facebook account, she really had to pitch it. And she had to convince them <laughs> that yeah. they needed a social media, a Facebook account. And they were like, no, we just need the website, da 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 That's, un- nowadays, that's almost unthinkable. Because sure. like, social media is so prevalent. Okay, so let's, we're, we're so Instagram focused here. Yes. I mean, Natalie and I tend to be because it's our baby. That's where we have our numbers, which aren't next to yours, but they're they're not too bad. And so let's talk about the Facebook journey. Because now, as I said, you have an incredible 215,000 followers on on Facebook. So what was the learning curve there? And what did you find out through um, trial and error work for you there to get that kind of traction and that kind of following on Facebook? Let's focus on that.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, in general, we are much more active these days on Instagram ourselves than than Facebook. And we also had a uh, uh, you we're also found pretty predominantly um, or prevalently, I suppose, on House, but right. Facebook Journey was definitely a steep learning curve, and we were lucky to take it then because we were able to apply those lessons forward. So I feel like we're able to gain traction on new platforms a lot more quickly these days. What we learned was the difference between our a brand identity and a personal story. Uh, we learned that social media for a business really needs to be uh, kind of audience centric in that people are going to click on what is meaningful to them, not what is meaningful to you. You know, I've never been on Facebook and said, Oh, man, that looks so important to this business. So I will click on it, right? (laughs) You don't do that. You say, (laughs) you say that looks important to me, or that's interesting, or I want to know more, or I want to just see a bigger version of that post. And that's how you click. So. A lot of what we learned was doing onesie-twosie giveaways is not really going to gain us that much traction, that doing things that are very self-promotional are only going to repel people, and showing people everything that's going on in our lives that we happen to take a picture of is really a bad idea. And this, remember, was at a time when people basically said, if it's happening, it should be online. If you're doing it, you should have a photo of it and be posting it. Just everything in the in the kitchen sink. And <laughs> right. some savvy marketers have uh, over time started branding what they post and started to kind of curate their uh, content uh, and and what they put online. And so we learned that we needed to do that. And then we also learned that the best posts that we put out there were ones that encouraged engagement. We would do a lot of these really popular AB posts where we'd be like, okay, which of these two rooms in this house is your favorite? Which of these two color palettes is your favorite? And it was an easy way for people to say, oh, definitely A or definitely B without, it's not a big ask of someone, of someone's time, and yet it got them interacting and feeling like a part of our community.
1: So Facebook now is kind of pow-powing people a little bit for doing the, you know, the A or B post, you know, trying to get the engagement and everything. They want it all to just be organic and they don't want it to be like, what do you think of this picture? Or, you know, do you like A or B? That's what they said they were doing. Um, In practice, in reality, I don't know how Badly, they're buckling down on that. Mm-hmm. But those were, I remember even just two years ago, starting my Facebook, those were incredibly popular and those did get a lot of traction. Have you found that those are still effective for you
0: and your firm or what is your strategy now? Is it the same? Well, the truth is we don't use Facebook nearly like we use uh, other platforms okay. these days. Um, gotcha. So a lot of what we'll post, we'll post forward to uh, to Facebook, where we find Facebook to be continue to be a powerful tool for us is in um, more personal one on one relationships, because uh, a lot of our, our clients okay. may still be there uh, personally, or in creating events, uh, and and groups. So it's, if you have a nice Facebook following, you're going to be able to create groups or events and things of that nature that will you know, maybe get people out to spending time in person with you, uh, or that might right. create a community of people who can share ideas, uh, and whatnot, and, and get excited about some of the things that you're excited about. That works for us. But in terms of a platform where we're really trying to grow, that would be like Instagram. So a year or so ago, we had maybe 5000 followers, and now we're at around 25. And that's been a significant leap for us, of course, and we're hoping to continue mm-hmm. doing that. And the reason that we love Instagram is because, A, it's it's where people are going, it's where people are and where they're headed. Uh, people are spending a lot of time there. And it's such a visual platform. And we're just such a visual industry. Why Why wouldn't we put ourselves in a place that really lends itself so well to what we do?
1: And I love Instagram. And that's the one that I have really taken off on. I mean, I have almost 15,000, you know, which is less than you, but you go from 5000 to almost 25,000 in a year is incredible. And I know you have to have noticed like in the last year, so the algorithm has become a bitch.
0: It's (laughs) It's really
1: hard to get past. It's way more challenging. A lot of influencers have been like, Oh, my gosh, I've been hovering, 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 it's just growing so slowly in an organic thing. Because, you know, Instagram, Facebook owns Instagram, you know, they want you to pay to play a little Mm -hmm. bit. So let's talk a little bit about your your strategy there for that growth to, in your experience, what have you done? How have you accomplished uh, what is that? It's a 20,000, almost 20,000 followers in a I, year. I think I
2: remember this, okay? Because we're talking to Kate and she has all these timers on her phone. Oh, yeah <laughs> she's, she's like, I, I am. <laughs> yes, her phone's ca- oh, hold on, I gotta do this, hold on, I gotta do that. that- That's just that's my answer.
1: Now, does your does your significant other yell at you all day long for being on your phone like Natalie yells
0: at me? Uh, No, he's pretty patient, but I do get the occasional side eye. I definitely do get (laughs) that kind of look like seriously now. Really? Uh, I've had to excuse myself from the table from time to time uh, to avoid it. I feel your pain. Yeah, yeah. But I think that when it comes to social media, one of the most important things you can do is to create some familiarity with your brand and and how you post and your audience. And one of the ways you can do that is by creating a filter or a kind of a consistent, it doesn't have to be a consistent color palette, but a consistent color balance. Uh, So, you know, your whites are approximately the same tone of white and so on. Mm-hmm. That alone can go a really long way to making people feel like they recognize your work when they see it, even if there are other people who are posting things that might feel similar. And uh, so I think across the board on Instagram, we're trying to find ways to create that sense of familiarity. We do it by, yes, filtering the images. We do it by being very thoughtful about what we're posting and when, you know, Mm -hmm. People love kitchens. People love black trim window frames. Uh, People like high contrast. We pay attention to what people are liking. It's not like I'm going online and reading some algorithm. I'm truly just paying attention to what are people liking and responding to. And then that's what we try to increase in our posting. And at the same Mm -hmm. time, we do try to make sure that our captions are relevant to our followers, that we're speaking to our followers. We try to make sure that we're tagging all of the um, involved parties, but also anyone who we think might be interested, who we want to draw attention uh, to the posts. And we will use hashtags. I, I hear all sorts of rumors about how many hashtags to use. I <laughs> yeah. use the maximum yeah. every single day. And, uh, and we post we every single day. And that seems to be effective. Yeah. And when, when I say that we use the max you know, 30 hashtags per post, I do it in as thoughtful a way as I can, so that there's kind of a mix of hashtags that are maybe only hashtags that have fewer posts, hashtags that have millions of posts. I, right. There needs to be an array uh, because those yes. those hashtags with fewer with fewer posts are the ones that you'll be able to gain traction with early, and they can help you build into those uh, higher uh, production hashtags, I guess, which yeah.
1: That's excellent advice because that's what we do here too as well at Wingnut Social is if you have, if you run the gamut on your hashtags, you use some that are super uber popular, but some that are more niche and you're developing that traction all across the spectrum there. Mm -hmm. So that's brilliant. So you're pretty good at this. Well, thanks. You want a job? Thanks. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about the white balance. Okay. Okay. Because I'm I'm actually on your Instagram page, which um, if Wingnuts, it's O'Hara Interiors Official and it's stunning. It's gorgeous. And you're right. I'm looking at the white balance and they are all of us like a similar temperature. How what do you use for that? What kind of tool do you use that? What do you how do you
0: accomplish that? Well, I would say so if you're talking to our marketing team, Lauren or Katie would probably tell you we use Lightroom, which is an Adobe Suite yeah. app that you can get. And you can actually create a, a preset filter for yourself and simply apply it to every single photo. So it does kind of the same level of balancing or whatever it is that you want to do to your photos. And then you can still tweak each individual photo.
1: Right. I use that too. I love it.
0: Yeah, that's what they would tell you. And that's what I should be doing. But the reality is I don't do that. (laughs) Oh. I was the one who both insisted that we start doing that and then... Did not do it. Um, I'm I'm shameful. I I just haven't gotten into the rhythm of it yet. I feel like all of these things when you have to do them daily, and you already have your system, even if it's not the most efficient, it's like this is what I'm comfortable with. So I've stuck with what I'm comfortable with, which is not terribly efficient. And I will need to take 30 minutes one day to just play around a little bit more with Lightroom and start using it. And next thing you know, it'll be the thing that I use constantly.
1: It's so easy. And and there's also there's a filter in there that I subscribe to and the name escapes me, I'm going to come up to it. But the presets are just they're just so easy. And there's an app you can just put on your phone, Mm -hmm. do the picture, boom, bada bing, you're done posting it. It's really once you get into the groove of it, you'll find it really easy.
0: Yeah, I know that I will I just I need to to get into it. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) between that, and then programs like Canva, I'm a huge fan of Canva. It's a it's just a graphic design uh, website and app that you can use to create really cool images and graphics for your posts, uh, for your stories, which is how we use them. Um, And I've, I love any sort of tool that just makes easier the whole process of creating, you know, simple and branded uh, type of types of posts. Posting to, to our stories is something that we've increased tremendously uh, over this last year. And I think it's played a role in us gaining more traction, more followers, and, um, and, and just a wider audience base.
1: Yeah, you know, Instagram rewards you for playing with their new toys Mm -hmm. and the algorithm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Natalie Riddell taught us that actually. And we're like, oh, I'll be damned if she isn't right. (laughs) When she, (laughs) Natalie, go ahead.
2: So let's go back to the branding part of it. As a, you know, we have a lot of people that listen to this show that are been established for years and then, you know, the mid range. And then we have our baby designers. And we all know baby designers don't have a lot of um, content. You guys have plenty to pull from. But is it still possible to brand yourself without using your own content?
1: Ah, good question. How do you feel about inspo posts?
0: I feel like it depends on what your purpose is. So if your goal is to brand yourself and your firm to gain traction and to start getting an audience and you know new clients and whatnot, then I'm a huge fan of posting your work. But I understand that there are real, it feels like there can be real limitations to what you can post when you don't have this whole library of you know, over a decade of work um, at your beck and call. Uh, but I would also just point you out to an Instagrammer like uh, Francois moi. She is absolutely incredible. And she's mm-hmm. in the Twin Cities. And so much of what she posts is little snippets of her own home. Right, right. now, I'm looking at an image that's just a sh- top down shot of her kitchen sink, right? And it's gorgeous. A mistake that some people still make, uh, or that some people make today is thinking of photography of interiors the way that we did a decade ago, which is that every room is just one or two shots and that's it. And you move on. The truth is every room can be almost infinite in the number of shots that you get because sure, you can get these overall room shots from various, uh, angles, but there are also moments within any room that you can style and capture. And those things might change as your personal aesthetic changes. Those things can change as the seasons change. And there's a lot of content to be gathered in doing things that way. And it can be a way for you to, for anyone to use their own home and their own spaces as uh, a way to kind of brand themselves and put themselves out there. And it can also change the way you shoot when you do a photo shoot. Um, Right. I think you know we I I was very accustomed to a scenario where in a single day we might only get 10 or 12 or 14 shots with a professional photographer and these days we're expecting to get more than that um because we do want to get all these smaller moments. And so your big shots do still take time, but there's a lot of you know editing that happens after the fact where you know every Slant of light doesn't need to be quite as perfect, maybe at, on the day of, <laughs> uh, and that can give you a little bit more time to uh, get the volume that that we all are looking for in preparing for you know everything that's to come on social media.
1: Okay, so, and that was Francois.
0: Uh, was Francois Okay, Francois. <laughs> it's Francois F underscore F R A N C O I S yeah. underscore E T underscore M O I.
1: Okay, so I'm looking at her page. She has 60,000 yeah. followers, and it's stunning. You're,
0: yeah, and there's a
1: lot of um, leading influencers and stuff that just do that. Mm-hmm. They do like little vignettes. And um, Natalie was Yeah, gonna say, I was going
2: to just say that that's one of the, the main things on the Darla Pound interior side that we do focus on so well that Johanna is amazing at. Is my lead just designer. Yeah. To go ahead and get those small little pictures and just little vignettes. And when we spoke to Vanessa Helmick, she was telling us that really all you need is seven feet of real estate, and you can make a magazine yeah. cover. Yeah, she got the so magazine cover. Right, was, yeah. if a room isn't exactly and you want to just just filter this out, just take little tiny pictures and the little small pictures might give you 6 months of social media, They right? actually do better
1: those close-up shots of, with they the do. texture and everything. They do really I really go well. behind
2: I'm going to I'm going to admit I go behind with my iPhone <laughs> and I I take a lot of ours with the you know crappy yeah. iPhone pics or my jam yeah. Or yeah. whatever and we take uh some iPhone pics sure. and sometimes unless you have the absolute correct photographer you can't get those small little vignettes that you want that you picture and you see. Yeah. So that's excellent. And that's at your excellent. own, yeah, your own home. I mean, every designer's home should look um, <laughs> presentable, Darla.
1: But, hey, uh, listen, you, I've been busy. <laughs>
2: I've been really busy. All right. So just small little things. I love it.
1: So okay. Okay. So let's say in the beginning, let's say that you did Facebook and you did Instagram for 30 days and then you didn't see any ROI.
0: Would you have just quit? <laughs> no, because the truth is, we didn't see any return on our investment in in spending time on Facebook for a long, long time.
1: Yep, it takes a while.
0: Yeah, you know, it, there wasn't the same pressure back then, because there weren't these accounts that had so many millions of followers, we just kind of got in early, because I had the time and, you know, bandwidth to say, yeah, this is a good idea. Let's give it a shot. But at the same time, Um, it it wasn't really serving much purpose for us for a long time uh, until we started to notice that when we would host certain events and do certain things that people would say, yeah, I saw that you posted about this, and they would show up. And then we started to kind of discover new and different ways that we could use this following that we had to our advantage. And some of that advantage was simply that you know, around the same time that we were starting to gain some real traction on Facebook, house also launched. And at that time, we happened to get into house uh, early. And house was kind of a different platform. Uh, It's become more of a marketplace now. But back then, it was really a portfolio and way to connect professionals and high end kind of luxury homeowners, and, uh, and also DIYers who wanted to learn how how to do those things. And, so we got in very early and we were listed at at the top back when they kind of ranked designers. We were one of the top designers uh, in terms of popularity, largely, you know, absolutely due to the tremendous talent of our design teams and our great photography, but also due to the fact that we got in early. So I don't want to take anything away from our early team, adopters, but there is right. there is something to be gained from getting in early. Are you still using House now? Uh, we are still there. We I haven't taken the account down and I don't see a reason to, but uh our the work that's posted uh does not include any of our most recent work. So within the last two to three years, oh, okay, we haven't gotcha. been posting new project projects. I mean, largely because house will take those images and use them to sell other yeah. products online that um and on and via their marketplace that maybe are not uh things that we can Vouch for because uh, we we don't know we didn't specify sure. those things so that's not something we're comfortable with.
1: Yeah, and I understand that we actually we do get mm-hmm. leads from house. So we just we kind of said, do, do we don't we so we kind of sure. reupped again, just because and we have gotten some higher end leads from it, because like we've tweaked our page a little bit. But I do understand that that's a thing. You know, the designers are wary of maybe there's a little bit of lack of, you know, trust there. I, I actually did invite um, the someone from the PR firm to, to reach out to see if someone from Hal's wanted to come on the podcast and address some of that. But I haven't heard back.
0: Yeah, well, that would be nice if they would. I mean, we, we do we still we advertise it. bit on house we're still there uh and i know that some some uh designers are absolute diehards and will be there forever and others uh you know have just seen it change enough that they are not not interested anymore we're kind of sitting in between we you know are cautious about work that hasn't already been posted but if it's already there and we're still finding you know great clients and uh you know we're, we're, then we're there, you know, and we're answering questions and, and being attempting to be as responsive as we've sure. ever been.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we, like I said, we re-up, <laughs> so we're trying again because we just recently had Alex Berman on the show and he's a um, busy, he's works for experiment 27. And he was saying, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You're getting leads yeah. from it, you know, and when you Google top interior designer and, you know, put your town here, it was one of the first things popping up there. So
0: well, exactly. Good. And that's, that's, yeah. we've always taken that pretty pragmatic approach and, um, as as well. And the only thing we're cautious of is just posting new work at this time. Sure.
1: No, I, I get that. And I did post some new projects, but I needed it. I'm not, I haven't been in business as long as you I don't have that big library. <laughs> sure. Okay, so I wanted to get back to the reason I asked you for the 30 day thing is a lot of interior designers are frustrated with they'll be like, Oh, you know, I put up, I tried social media, I tried it for 30 days, I put up 12 posts, I didn't get one phone call, you know, and get real fr- and then they'll quit. So what I wanted to put, um my point there was the importance of being consistent and being tenacious and being a fixture, you know, for your your audience, your ideal client and letting that you're not going anywhere, you're there, you can tune in same day, sometime or whatever and see how important is that just not, you know, to stay consistent and not to give up.
0: Oh, it's so important. And I think, too, what's important is setting some realistic goals, right? Like saying... I want to see what happens in 30 days without really defining for yourself what you're going to do in those 30 days. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, don't you know? Just maybe don't bother. Like, don't don't even. <laughs> I mean, not to be defeatist, but if you're going to be a little bit defeatist, let's just let just not even start. But uh, <laughs> why bother? Um, no, but I I think that if you want to be on a platform, if you feel like this is something I would like to test out, I would suggest a couple things. I would say. Consistency matters. So don't even get onto the platform. Don't even try to be consistent until you have started with developing some content for the uh, the platform itself. My my example for that is uh, before we got onto Instagram, we sat down and developed a lot of content that we were going to then start using on on Instagram. to to really test out, like, do we even enjoy creating these posts? Because if we're going to hate it, uh, even three, three months or three years from now, then that's going to be problematic, potentially, either we're, we're going to have to take the whole thing down, or it's going to be sitting up, uh, you know, sitting on Instagram and looking like, you know, we've closed doors or something because nobody's posting anymore. (laughs) So, uh, so, and and we did the same thing with videos, we really thought we were going to, Start a YouTube channel. It seemed like a brilliant idea until we realized what goes into editing videos. But that's why we didn't start really start the channel first. What we did is we developed a number of videos. We started every month creating four videos, and uh, we have a little library of them. They exist, but they may never see the light of day because the truth is, as we started doing that, we realized, wow, this is incredibly time intensive, and we're not good enough at this at this time to be much more efficient at it than as efficient as we are. This really kind of requires a little more expertise than we're ready to bring on to our team. Um, and so we have this little video library, we got much better at editing videos. So we're better for little short clips here and there. But we're not starting our channel because that became almost, you know, a full time job.
1: It is a full-time job, and mm-hmm. it's a, it's incredibly time-consuming. The editing and the production of it. You would be great on video, though. Maybe maybe you should devote some time to. Well, <laughs> you would be amazed. Yeah, that would really take off.
0: It was it was fun. I really enjoyed it, but yeah, it was it was a lot of work. And so I think that the first step, and and I think this is the missing step for a lot of people, is sit down and develop some content. See how that feels. Maybe you prefer. Maybe you want to try a podcast, but you realize you hate that. But you actually love putting together graphics, or you hate putting together graphics, but you love editing videos, whatever it is, figure out what sort of content you enjoy. Maybe you're a writer and would prefer a blog. But there are so many different platforms, so many different places you can be these days. You don't have to be on Instagram, you don't have to have a blog, you don't have to be anywhere you don't want to be. The only thing you maybe have to have is a website. And, um, and so develop the content, figure out what works, and then dip your toe in. But set Realistic goals for yourself, and that might be to maintain a certain level of uh, engagement among your followers. It might be to grow your audience to a certain point. Uh, you might want to talk about generating leads, but you really probably shouldn't be setting lead generation goals for yourself until you actually have a found like a foundational audience and and group of followers who aren't your friends, family, and current. Clients, because they're probably not going to become <laughs> yeah. your next client, right?
1: Uh, yes, totally agree.
0: So set set those goals, and then you know, give it six months, uh, give it a year, and see how it goes. And if that does sound too daunting, then either the goals that you're setting your you know for yourself are maybe just a, a little bit more aggressive than they need to be, or it, maybe this isn't the right platform, or you need to find someone within your business or your circle of people who can help you out.
2: And with, with all that being said, and all the different demands that are placed on us for social media, you know, the professional images, the authenticity, the consistency, how the heck do you keep all that fun?
0: <laughs> how do we keep it what? Yeah. How do you keep fun, it fun? fun? Well, I just it enjoy be a it. That's it's gotta the thing. Be We've chosen platforms that we enjoy. And I think part of how I keep it fun is I use um, we have Dropbox folders that are very organized with all of our photos. You know, it's not like, you know, I know where to find things. We have uh, Canva and templates that we use for a lot of stuff. And um, so even on days when I don't really feel like posting, I can easily grab and find what I what I need. So it's not like this overlong chore that I, I need to spend time on. And you know, and I'm I'm pretty nerdy. You guys know this. I, this is not a secret. Oh, yes, yeah. we do know
1: this. <laughs> We've established this.
0: Uh huh. Um, I love numbers. We love and it. And I love, and I'm really competitive. I'm a game player. So to me, social media just it's like another game that I play. Right. I'm every time I see my followers or our engagement levels and different things. Uh, how many comments on this post? I I that's just my score for the day. Right. <laughs> like that's all that is.
2: Excellent. So
0: I yeah. I enjoy it because I get to. It that way. I, I don't know that that would work for everybody. Other people are, you know, motivated by different things. So that's what you need to kind of find within <laughs> yourself is what motivates me. I think
1: you just, uh, I think you just sparked Natalie's interest. She loves playing little numbers games like that for sure. When the podcast comes out, she checks the numbers. She she loves numbers. No, too. No,
2: my favorite game is to beat Tesla.
1: Oh yeah, the car. <laughs> the car. The I per- like
2: to beat the car to the destination that it tells me I'm going to be there. Oh, yeah. And I like to beat the percent that it tells me my battery is
1: supposed to <laughs> She's be. She's obsessed. <laughs> if- <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right, Kate, thank you so much for your insights on building your amazing brand and your your following is just so incredible and your pages are so incredible. The interior design firm is just really gorgeous work, but now I have to ask you, mm. if you're ready
0: mm-hmm.
1: for the what up wingnut round.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm taking this very seriously, <laughs> you guys. This is very serious. This is serious. This is, this is serious, serious business. <laughs> this
1: is the serious part of the show.
0: Okay. Now it's time for What Up Wing Night. Wing Night. All right, Kato here. Mm-hmm.
1: if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why?
0: I would want to be either an angel oak or a live oak. They're really cool. Look them up. <laughs> I love it. I love this. I already know
2: why the live oak is cuz it just takes over and breaks
1: things.
0: Yeah. yeah right. They're like what really, would your hash- like they're beautiful what- in the sunlight, super spooky at night. They evoke emotion though. I like Ooh. that.
1: Oh, I do like spooky. Mm-hmm. What would your hashtag on your tombstone be?
0: Uh, nailed it. <laughs> Done. Game over.
1: <laughs> I love that.
0: <laughs> if
1: you could have only one superhero power, what would it be and why?
0: I want them all. Uh, but if I have to choose one, <laughs> I would probably want to be like a technopath, just I can control any sort of technology, <laughs> take over the world. What was that television show normal. where
1: there was a guy like they had he had like the little nano things in his blood and he could control all the technology. What was the name of that? It was like five years ago or so. It was super, super cool. I don't know. I loved it.
2: Only you nerds yeah. would Would you like answer. rob banks and I stuff? I should know that. You could
0: rob banks. <laughs> I would. Yeah, you I you mean, should. there's so much. Like, let's not limit ourselves here. There's so many things that we could do. That's true. I'm thinking small. Yeah. I'm thinking so yeah, small. Yeah, No, by the end of my At tenure last, not- in in taking over technology, I'd have my very own, you know, moon base. Let's be real. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love you. Okay. What, what book has had the biggest impact on you, either personally or professionally? Okay.
0: I knew you were going to ask this one, and it's still impossible. So I'm going to give you an author's name. And her name is Tamora Pierce and she's incredible. And she writes these books about their fantasy books that always seem to star these really kind of strong, but very different girls and women. And I loved her books when I was a kid and I still love them now because they kind of will start from when kids like the girls are in school up till they too are taking over the world. And Yeah, I I've just always loved her books.
1: Okay, cool. So that was Tamora Tamora Pierce. That's T A M O R A P I E R C E. So you can just Google that, and you can see all kinds. I'm googling her now. Look at all. Yeah, I love the Land of
0: Tortal books. There are many series, but there's also the Circle series, which are fantastic too.
1: Oh, that sounds awesome. Oh, are you a Game of Thrones fan? Are you watching that?
0: I am reluctant to say that I'm I am a fan, but I haven't been watching for a little while now. Oh yeah. Okay. So no I'm spoilers. many. I'm oh, many, many okay. seri- right. like ep- series or not series. I'm many, many seasons behind at the moment.
1: It's time to binge. I know.
0: <laughs> I, there came a point where All I just right, couldn't Kate, handle like waiting for the next, waiting for the next. And so I was like, I'm just I'm oh putting this God, on hold. Yes. And I'm just gonna put this yep. on pause for the next five years of my life. <laughs> and I'll be really happy.
1: <laughs> it's worth yeah, the wait. It's, it's worth the wait. Line. Kate, please tell the wingnuts where they can find you.
0: They can find us at o'harainteriors.com or on Instagram at O'Hara Interiors official.
2: Do you have anywhere the wingnuts can hear you speak?
0: Uh, yes, I will be this summer on July 15th. I will be in Minneapolis speaking at the machine shop for the business women's circle um, about connections. And uh, actually, I'm not really sure what the topic is. We're sort of working it out, but it's going to be related, <laughs> I believe, to business, to branding and and connecting. Sweet.
1: I wish I was over there to watch you speak because you are a joy to watch and very talented. Kate O'Hara, thank you so much for coming on the Wingnut Social Podcast and being a good sport. thank
0: you. You guys are absolutely (laughs) my favorites. And so let's do this more often. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: absolutely. Thanks again. Have an amazing day. Thank you. You too. Surly Orangutan. Yes. I can't tell you how much I love The Overlord. I know she's amazing, isn't she a, an awesome person? She's just so down to earth, very approachable, she's so sweet absolutely, and I've got a lot of takeaways i got some I got a lot of apps here to check out. Well, you got apps to check out, you got authors to check out. you got a lot to do. She gave you a list she did she introduced us to Francois and moi.
2: There you go. There, I
1: think I said it right. I think you did. A beautiful Instagram account. We're already using, she mentioned some stuff, so let's reiterate, Lightroom, which we're already using, which she should be using, which she's going to get practice on. Canva we're using... Howls we're using she's still kind of using it but not like that active dropbox we use
2: yeah but there might be something Mm -hmm.
1: in the works that we could talk about a little later on in the episodes of what could possibly be the new using thing but we'll just tease that for now i really liked her point about getting that white balance consistent and if you go to o'hara and interiors official on instagram you can see that the white balance is very constant your eyes drawn Across it and just so beautifully, she does a really good job. But you
2: did, min- you did hear her say that she has self shame there. That she insisted that it was used, <laughs> and then she hasn't done it herself on what she posed from her phone. She's, she's so. got, and she's a creature of habit. She's got she her is. little
1: system, and she doesn't right. want to disrupt that. You know, I totally, totally understand that. And
2: I think the wingnuts could learn a lot from what she had to say today.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, my gosh, two hundred fifteen thousand followers, twenty five thousand followers, twenty of which she did in a year. So. Hello? I don't think she ever put her phone down. No, she didn't. It no, is, it's an obsessive. It is time consuming. Oh my god! I know. I'm aware of this. But if you're a dork and a geek, then you can like do you. it and enjoy it. And yes. me and the Overlord, yes. <laughs> So guys, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever the hell you're listening to this podcast on. Tell your friends what the hell, tell your enemies. And be sure to check out wingnutsocial.com to check out our awesome social media services. We have a brand new strategy package there for you control freaks who just want to do it yourself but really have no freaking clue how. That's the baby for you. It's our social media strategy package. You can hit that link and you will be good to go. All right. So that's it. Tell your friends, tell your enemies about all about Wingnut Social and until next week. So long. See ya. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but
2: that's only your first step. Be sure to head to wingnutsocial.com to reach out to us directly
0: and schedule your free consultation with one of our Wingnut Social Media Specialists to take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened.
1: All right, guys, so if you like what you hear, please leave us a wiki wiki wiki. That sounds stupid. Okay, so what do I say?
2: Do you have anything coming up that the wing if they live? The wing butts.
1: Wing nuts. Wow. How much whiskey have you had? Okay. Yay! All done. All done.